Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. I hope you had a good day and a good weekend. I'm so glad that we can spend a couple hours together or as much as you can uh, be here with me on the show. If you miss any of it, I always encourage you to check out the podcast. It's real easy to do. You go to myfaithradio.com. You know, I love Mondays and I love starting my Mondays off on a little bit of a lighter note because I think it's uh, always a, a merry hearts like good medicine. And I always ask my good friend, and confidant from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines, Patrick Albanese, to join me. Hello, Patrick. Hello. Well, yes, prestigious. Prestigious. Thank you. Prestigious. Yeah, you know, so summer is just around the corner. Did you ever well, go? Wait, it, it wasn't yesterday. No, no, <laughs> it was not yesterday. But, it snowed yesterday, but yeah. it's gone, yeah. Summer did is you, around the corner. Did you yeah. ever go to amusement parks as a kid? Well, yes, and now that I have two kids, uh, we've gone to the amusement parks a little bit too much. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I never understood the concept of the bumper car at the music park, amusement parks. Yeah. How is simulating a car accident amusing? I don't know. And then, but I think the it does get out some of the aggression though when you think about it, because you know, in normal life when you're driving, you'd say. If this were a bumper car, I'd hit that car. <laughs> so not only can you do that in the bumper car attraction, <laughs> but uh, if somebody hits you, you could say, oh, really? <laughs> mm -hmm. watch, watch your backside, buddy. I'm, I will find you. You sound like Liam Neeson. I will find you. <laughs> yeah. Like that, you know, it's funny because amusement parks always have that, you know, they do that old town kind of, it's always for some reason the old west, you know, silver dollar city. And, you know, then it's it, next to the bumper car exhibit. Uh, one of the places we like to go is the sarsaparilla and chipped tooth repair, which I thought was <laughs> pretty handy for being right next to the bumper car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, you chipped don't, you, tooth. most people don't even want to stand on their heads, right? Well, you know, it's funny, like I'm at the, I don't know if it's just an age thing, but if, if my head is about a half an inch lower than the rest of my body, yeah. you know, if I'm not propped up on pillows, I, there's dizzy spells, <laughs> but you know, you, you strap me into a ride, propel me along at about 60 miles an hour, and go, make me go straight down <laughs> into a death dive at about 200 feet, flip me upside down four times. I'm going, well, what does that cost? I'll pay for that. <laughs> what? And then there's the why did we do that? Then there's the ride where they 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 bring you they elevate you I don't know how many hundred feet up and then they just like release everything and it just drops out it's like a it's like an elevator plunging. I I did that so there was a Six Flags in uh, Magic Mountain out in California, and somebody talked me into going on. They go, oh, you have to go on this ride. It's called Free Fall. Now the name should kind of tell <laughs> you everything you need to know. Yeah. I said, well, okay. I hadn't been to an amusement park in a while. I thought I was still young enough to enjoy these things. And uh, I get on, I said, so what does it do? Oh, it takes you up 30 stories. And so in my head, I'm thinking, I go, well, 10 stories, 10 feet per, that's 300 feet. And then it drops you. And then at the very end, you kind of just 
slowly level out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so I get up and the cage goes up and then it shoots out. And I realize this is one of the biggest mistakes of my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it lets go. And I'm not, I don't tend to scream on rides. And I, I tried to scream on this one. And if I did, my voice was about 30 feet behind me. <laughs> and I, by the time I hit the ground, I, I, I said, well, that, that was a horrible experience. And I, for years after that, every time I got in an elevator, I would say to myself, I know exactly what this would feel like <laughs> if that cable broke. <laughs> I didn't need the preview on that. Yeah. Sure, because we do the near-death experience at the. Yeah. Is it, do we feel like we conquered it? Uh, no, I don't know. All I know is every time you get in an, an elevator, you see the name Otis, and I think, well, Otis didn't invent the elevator. Otis invented the elevator brake. He was the one that figured out how to stop it. <laughs> right. The guy named before him, uh, obviously, uh, multiple lawsuits. <laughs> mm-hmm. I went to, I remember once when I was just dating my wife, uh, I was working in Denver and she came out and I had a day off and we decided to go to the, to the amusement park there. And uh, at this point, I started to realize that my I, was, I had changed. I couldn't do certain things anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so here's a, here's a roller coaster that we could go on. It's like, I, I used to really like roller coasters and we went on the roller coaster and I had the, the onset of what would be called a major neck injury. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, I said, well, I, can we go on something a little bit more gentle? And we went in this ride that was called the spider and the spider went up and the main thing went into a big circle with separate cars going into little circles. Now, this is when I discovered that I can no longer do circles. You're right. I can no longer spin. I, I gave up on circles a long time ago. Gave up on circles. And she's looking at me. She says, you're green. You're actually <laughs> green. And we get off the ride. I had to lay down on the cement for about 10 minutes to get my color back. And I, I was quite nauseous, and this would have been maybe 2002, 2003. Now, at that point in time, the last time I had vomited, which the record still holds, was March of 1984. Mm-hmm. So this is a world record. Uh, I just completed year number uh, 39. Nice. I was not going to lose it to an amusement park ride. <laughs> yeah. So we left. Oh, good. That was smart. So I'm not taking. I'm not. I am not risking my record at that time. Was I was only like you know 27 years into it. I said, no, no, no. So I guard that record. I don't go to amusement parks as much anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to Rosie earlier, and this question came up, uh, and I'll ask you because I think you might have some insight as to this. Bathroom towels. How many times do you use them before you wash them? So now this. Okay. This is a, there's a dispute. Maybe, maybe the listeners can help us with this. In my household, my wife and the two kids, they're, they're one and done people. <laughs> they use it one time and then down it goes. Whereas I am of the camp that, you know, four to five months is probably a good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a good, I, I mean, the minute you, like when I see mold, I throw it down to be okay. fair, <laughs> you know. No, I, I mean, I, th- I think you can get some use out of a towel. Well, clean body, wash, dry it off with a towel, hang it up correctly to dry. You should be able to get several uses out of it, right? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that would... right? Rosie, what's your take on that? Okay, so I have a weird little gift. I can smell when people have used towels that have 
need to have been washed. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's it's not one of those that, Have you ever smelled it on me? <laughs> I haven't smelled it on you, but I have <laughs> I have come into one of our studios a couple times going, oh, someone needs to wash their towel. Interesting. Towel. So it's a stale towel. It's moldy smelling, huh. musty smelling. So I don't know. A couple times a yeah. week. I don't feel How like often it. How do you wash towels? I, wa- I get a new towel every like three days. Okay. So, so you do use it more than once. I do use it more than once, but you know, it has to be hung out to dry correctly, yeah. and it can't have been in a moldy, like smelling washing machine because that's just gonna mm. come back up at mm. you. No, no, that that's what the microwave is for. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, I that's a, a tremendous gift. I don't know if I would be able to smell a moldy towel on somebody. Mm. Oh yeah, it's very distinct. I mean, there is a she's, guy that works out gifts. at the gym I work out. Yeah, uh, there's a guy that works out at the gym I work out at, and I don't. And I'd like to ask him, but I don't know how he he manages to attain this chicken soup smell. <laughs> Be nice. But no. whenever I walk past, him, nice. I go, that guy smells like chicken soup. Mm-hmm. He smells like chicken soup. Oh. I don't know if there's a deodorant that's a chicken soup variety, but apparently uh, you can smell like chicken soup. Yeah, and there maybe, you go. Yeah. Well, you know, as you get older, your priorities do shift, and I think when we come back from a break, I want to talk about. One of the ways in which your priorities shift and what you're interested in regarding a specific activity. How about that for a cliffhanger? Oh, I love it. Really? Do you have any idea what I'm going to talk about? I know exactly what you're going to talk Uh, about. (laughs) Is that because we discussed in advance? Yes, that is exactly why. Okay, then then we'll we'll have to to come back and discuss it. You are listening to The Afternoon Show. I'm Bill Arnold, and my guest, Patrick Albanese, is my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. And we're going to discuss how priorities shift when you get older. We'll be right back. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at MyFaithRadio.com. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome to the show. If you just joined me, I'm talking to my friend Patrick Albanese. I always like to get things started on a lighter note. And Patrick, you know, when you were younger, restaurants you might have gone to, you 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 might have gone because they were trendy. Maybe there's just the place to go. But as you get older, I would say our priorities uh, change dramatically. Now, what we really care about is good food comes first. Yeah, I mean, the trendy places, the food was pretty much always the same from place to place. And and everything about them was the same except for the the junk on the wall. You know, (laughs) you must go to this place. You're not going to believe it. They have a kayak on the – there's a kayak up there. I've never seen a place like that. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And a a moose head with sunglasses on. The moose head with the sunglasses, yeah. right, and a sombrero, usually a sombrero <laughs> of some kind, <laughs> because they were, you know, uh, they were hip, they were trendy. And it's funny, you're, you're like, that was enough to make you say, well, you got to check out this new place. And they had the same potato skins and mozzarella sticks that everybody else had. <laughs> they all kind of tasted fried. Uh, but yeah, it does. It is. And then you get a little bit older and you say, well, I, actually, I, I would like some 
some decent food. Yeah. yeah, that would be really nice. Yeah, and how much noise? Can't have the music too yeah. loud and unappealing. Right, and unappealing. I mean, but I don't want it to be the music type of music. I mean, it's you put some Billy Joel up there. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's gotta be what, they have an early bird special? Half right. off on any- appetizers? Come on. Right, right, right. Yeah, throw me something here. But do you have anything with the word platter in the name? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. always speak, you're going platter. That sounds like a lot of food, doesn't it? But then you don't want to be overwhelmed. Are the portion sizes, like some of these restaurants you go to, you say, well, I'm not trying to feed a family of four here. I'm just one guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what about the neighborhood? Is it safe? Do they have, how's the parking lot? You know, is it, do they have AARP discounts? Right. I mean, please tell me there are no stairs. <laughs> if I could walk up a ramp, that would be really, really helpful. Yeah. And how uh, about how about menus with large print? Well, yeah, because so so now I have to pull my phone out to use the magnifying glass or the <laughs> flashlight. Yeah. And I finally found an app that is a magnifying glass with a flashlight. <laughs> so. I say I, I don't know if it's my ears have got my eyes have gotten that bad or they've had to put so much information on there. But I go, just please give me the give me the big print, please give me the the big print. And if you have a senior menu, you know, I mean, I, it's I go into a place and they offered to give me the senior discount, and I said, well, do, do I look that old? They said, well, you save two dollars. I saved two dollars. <laughs> Toss me one of them sarsaparillas then. <laughs> <laughs> and please, please tell me. You can get a single scoop of vanilla ice cream for dessert. Yeah. Okay. I see you've got some sort of mud volcano. (laughs) (laughs) And I know if I were to look at the calorie content, which, you know, you get to an age where you're not watching the calories as much, but you say, well, well, uh, hang on a second. I just, I don't want to, I'm going to eat the whole thing. I don't want to eat that much. Just a simple scoop of vanilla ice cream. Mm -hmm. Just a, Yeah. And then, yeah. I, then I want to know, is the dinner with the baked potato available at 4.30, or do I have to wait until 5 to get the baked potato? Right, because a properly properly cooked baked potato takes well over an hour, mm-hmm. unless you want the twice-baked potato, which I've never understood. It's like, if it's good enough when it's baked once, why do you need it done a second time? Well, because they can charge double. They charge double for the twice-baked potato. Mm-hmm. But yes, I, have you ever been to a place, have, have you had your dinner spoiled when they say, we're out of potatoes. It'll be an hour. <laughs> no, but I never understood. You know, you couldn't get a baked potato till after five. And I go, "What is the baked potato chef not get in till five? Yeah, the it was a special baked potato chef. You put it in tin it's foil, really, put it in the oven. Yeah, but if you run out of tin foil, you know, you can't imagine that. We got baked potatoes, just no tin foil. We can't make you your. We can't mm-hmm. make you your baked potato. Yeah, and I you would. know, you look at a large menu, Patrick, and maybe there's. Tens and tens and tens of things on it. You always get the same thing, don't you? Every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. Uh, I remember going to some of those those deli type places in New York where they hand you this you know, pretty thick menu. It's a book, and it, it, your first thought is, "There's no way that a these 217 items can all be fresh. That's just not possible." Mm-hmm. B there's no way these 217 items can be good. Not all of them. So just bring me the wiener schnitzel. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what you guys are known for. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to take, I'm not, you just end up not taking a chance. Oh, just bring me the regular. Yeah. And this restaurant. But my pa- uncle did that. He, 
uh, he would pull up at a he would pull up at this one restaurant and they would have his food sitting on the countertop where he liked to sit waiting for him when he walked in the door. He's, he's it's Hank. He's not going to change. Oh, that's fantastic. It was pretty fun. Yeah. And, it's, and if you're going to go to a restaurant, there's a lot of people that they think they better have pie. And I mean, good pie. It's got to be pie. Yeah. You will put up with horrible food as long as, because that's how you finish off the dessert, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you finish off the dinner or your your dinner, your lunch. It's it's kind of like anything else. You want to end on a good bite. So yeah. If your pie's not good, because bad pie could spoil a good dinner, but good pie can save a bad dinner. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. And, then, and then what about, do you have a freshly brewed decaf? Right, you because know. I know one out of 10 <laughs> people drink decaf, so that's been sitting here. <laughs> yeah, How, d- decaf, that, I don't see that catching on in life. I mean, first of all, you're never going to hear some mother say, kids, get your feet off the decaf table. No, no. <laughs> With the non-existent decaffeinated coffee table book. Right. Yeah. But what is, what is, love the, one, they, what is yeah, the one oh, thing you know about decaf? The decanter's got to have the orange handle. <laughs> if, exactly. If you, if you show up and you pour from the from the brown handle, and I say, wait, that's not decaf. And they say, oh, yeah, we ran out of the orange handle decanters. <laughs> you say, I don't think I trust you for anything. <laughs> I, I think you're a liar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember how they used to have to put a little, they'd have to put a doily under your cup so that when the servers came by, they would know, oh, the doily gets the decaf. Right. <laughs> Doily gets the decaf. Right. And then the orange handle was was the confidence you had that it was decaf. It was your, and so they, they showed up with the orange handle and you'd say, I noticed, you noticed my doily. Thank you. Well, <laughs> uh, very complicated, isn't it? It's very, well, how do we, we became so particular with, uh, you know, it's, I mean, they used to have like, what, what kind of dressing do you have? Ranch. Ranch and more ranch. What else do you need? Yeah. Yeah. Now you go to some of these breakfast places, you say, there's 32 varieties of syrup on my table. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they've crystallized. <laughs> How long have they been out here? Yeah. Whatever happened to the green goddess dressing? See, I don't even know what green goddess was. I don't either. I Is remember, there some I think, cucumber in that? I think there was a cucumber on the label. I uh, think green yeah. goddess was made for cucumbers. Okay. But th- I think somebody once told me, and I, so I don't know if this is true, uh, play, they were out of Thousand Island dressing. They said, well, all you have to do is mix ketchup with mayonnaise and maybe a little bit of pickle relish. And that's, what is that? Uh, apparently that's Thousand Island dressing. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing it was invented by a kid who was forced to eat a salad before eating his hot dog. He said, well, if I just use the same ingredients <laughs> and mix them together, I can say, I'm eating a salad but they've actually just dressed it up like a Chicago style hot dog. Mm. <laughs> All right. What about, what about booths at restaurants? Are booths hard to get out of, or are they starting to have openings on both sides of the booth? I like the opening on both sides, but now too. have you run in? Yeah. Have you run into this problem where you, 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 as you approach the booth, cause you've asked for a booth and you see that your booth is backed up by a booth and you say, Please tell me those booths aren't connected so that when that guy gets out of his booth and pushes away, he shoves me into my chicken noodle soup. Mm-hmm. Now I smell like the guy at the gym. <laughs> yeah. So what's what's your strategy for like a group photo at a restaurant? What do you do? Okay. So you know, I said, usually it's the server, right? I, I have – so I, I get kind of particular – 
recently we were celebrating my mother-in-law's birthday and we went to this botanical center and we go, we got to get a group photo. And you always have to get the group photo, right? And the, the one place and you go, Ooh, look at, they got one of those mini T-Rexes here. We should take the picture in front of the T-Rex because then everybody will know we've been here. And then you get somebody, a passerby, please take, could you take our picture? And they take our picture and you say, thank you. And as they walk away, you look at the pictures, you say, these are really bad. They're really bad, but that person's still right there. And I'd like to get this picture retaken. Now, can I ask that person to come back and <laughs> no. redo their Oh, no. That, that ship has sailed. That ship has sailed. So now we have to wait at that location to, for two things, for that guy to leave and somebody <laughs> else to come along. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt his feelings and let him know that he took a terrible picture. But I also don't want to go home with the terrible picture. I, it's, I, am I too sensitive to these um, things? Maybe a little I might bit, be yeah. Over, maybe, overly polite? Maybe a little bit. Because that's, yeah, that's what we had happened. The, the pictures came out just terrible. Yeah. But your priorities so we, do change because, uh, Patrick, you probably remember like your first apartments versus what you would live in today, right? Oh, you just, you look at that. I've got my own door. I'll take it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it, yeah, if you didn't have, it's, oh, it's, it's funny. I see that with the young kids these days, but you know, kids they go, these days. It, you know, helping my sister-in-law years ago when she was younger and she's, I said, there's no laundry. She says, no problem. I'll just go to the laundromat. I said, no, you're not going to like going to the laundromat and there's street parking. She goes, no big deal. I said, no, no big deal. That's a big deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're. Because you're going to come home some night after work and you're not going to be able to find a place and it'll be winter and you'll have to walk six blocks because this has happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, It's like, hey, I, I see that you're on the fourth floor and there's no elevator. Oh, I could use the exercise. No, no, no. Again, <laughs> you're going to come home with a bunch of groceries. You know, and it's funny how you just over the years, you accumulate all these things that you your checklist Right. Mm-hmm. You know, now you're buying a house and you you say, well, of course, got to have all the, all the things you have to have. And then you get really particular, like, hmm, really like that house, but it's a north facing driveway, which won't be fun to shovel in the winter. And there's a pine tree next door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just going to take a pass on this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just become particular, but we have all this knowledge now of, you know, what will be acceptable. Yeah. I have. I have a north-facing driveway. Trust me. So you know. You don't want this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, like a ocean view apartment or, or a garden or garden view. I always think a garden view is you're probably looking at the parking lot, the dumpster in the parking lot. <laughs> the dumpster in the parking lot. Well, I had an ocean view at my first apartment in California. It was built ocean view. And if you went into the bathroom, there was a one foot by one foot square window in the bathroom. And if you got on a step stool and looked out the window and peeked between two houses down an alleyway, you could see a strip of the beach. <laughs> That's your ocean and view. You had to, and, and they build it as they said, ocean view. Yeah. And I remember a friend of mine had already moved in. I said, well, where's the ocean view? You were told, just go in there, get on the step stool. And there it is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh boy. Things change. All right, Patrick, yep. thank you for, uh, for the conversation today. I hope you have a great rest of the week and I'll catch you next time. Thanks. Catch you, you later. You bet. Patrick Albanese gets my week started on a lighter note. Hope you enjoyed. We're going to take a break and we're going to get into the Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. Be right back.
It is time for the Monday Afternoon Mix, and I'm delighted that once again, the Mix team is gathering as Pastor David Miles walks through the door of the studio. His timing is impeccable. His timing is literally impeccable. Right, we just started. Yeah, we we did not have him at the start of the segment, and now he walks in, and here he is. Still has his jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have his computer out, I mean, but, but you're here. But I have my Bible. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Bible. Right? Yes. And it is... It is a day of, of psalms today, so, you Praise know, this is Lord. a psalm that we're talking about that probably we all three know really well, right? Does it go like, bless the Lord on my soul from 80 degree weather to snowstorms and <laughs> <laughs> again? How did you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, we live in, in Minnesota and we've had a very interesting last week. We had 88 degrees Fahrenheit mm-hmm. where I thought my air conditioner is back on. And then this last weekend, it was, what was it, 31 with several inches of snow. Yes. And it was the kind of wind that cut through your winter clothes. Like I was taking the dog for a walk and I went, how did we get here? I'm in my boots. Yeah. Three layers. My face muff. Yeah. Make me want to leave here and go to Florida. (laughs) Or Arizona, like my son. Or Hawaii. Looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. You know, when it's about, you know, we're like the next hottest place next to like phoenix or something like that mm-hmm. that's like pretty pretty wild so yeah well nice to see you david nice to see you bill nice thank to you. see you rosie thank you david is in the house yeah he's house and i always love to gather and study scripture engagement and praise god so let's do it let's do it yeah amen now this is rosie's idea it is well, it's um, for our listeners, we talk about what we want to talk about. And Bill, you sent a text to David and I and, you know, what's on your heart. And this psalm is one of my favorites. And I know, Bill, it's one of your favorites. What psalm are you talking about, Rosie? I'm going to, I'm just about to give, give it away. It I'm setting you it are. up, right? It is Psalm 103. And the first time I found this psalm, um, I was new in my faith and we were in California at the base of, um, oh, I can't think of the name right now, but a base of one of the mountains. And we were at this bed and breakfast and I opened my Bible and it's the first time I saw Psalm 103. And we said it as a family. Now my, my whole family wasn't saved at this point. So we would set it as a family and it just resonated with me from that day forward. It's mm. so beautiful. Mm. What about yeah. you, David? Oh, I love this psalm. And okay. I remember like being in church and like having people recite it and reciting it as a congregation and hearing messages on it. And, you know, particularly what's so sweet about it right now is that in, in a culture that seems to be a little bit absent on blessing, it's mm-hmm. such a good reminder to talk about, you know, just the many, like the way the, psalm, the psalmist does. It recounts all of the various ways uh, that the Lord has has blessed us. And that's really, really, um, it's really important because our culture can breed discontentment mm-hmm. and dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the first five verses. And I, memor- I memorized this in NIV. And so, you know, this has been in my head for years. Ooh. And then the other day, I opened God's Word in ESV. And instead of saying, Praise the Lord, my soul, which is what it is in NIV. It said, bless the Lord, my soul. Mm-hmm. David, what's your take on that? Um, 
Same sentiment? Yeah, mine says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And, uh, and that's how I've often rem- remembered learning it, was bless the Lord, O my soul. Okay. And I always, I think I've heard, learned it both ways, that very interchangeably, because as we worship God, that is a blessing to, unto our souls. Like, the, we don't bless our King of all kings and Lord of all lords. I mean, he, he in, blesses us. It's yet that worship, when we worship God, it changes our internal dynamic with him and it changes the oppression we might be facing. And, you know, it's a blessing unto our soul when we praise, is how I've always thought of it. I thought we could bless God. Can we bless God? I believe we can. Yep. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I'm learning something new right now. No, I learn something every day. Yeah. And never when I'm talking. What's sweet about the word... (laughs) I'm serious. What's sweet about the word, and, you know, in two ways that we don't often think of, and I remember uh, a friend of mine, um, uh, Pastor Randolph from Springfield, um, Ohio, would say this. But the word opens up with the word for eulogy. And so when we think about eulogy, it's it's literally giving a good word. It's literally what it means to give a good word. And so um, this person is literally saying, you know, give a good word. Like I'm giving a good word to the Lord. And oh, my soul, suke, that, that from which we get psychology from, that very deep part of us. And so like... It's really is. It's a testimony. It's a it's a testifying. So that that's what the word is from which we get eulogy in the Septuagint. Um, I didn't quickly look at the the Hebrew to see what it was, but but um, that's part of the background. So it's literally giving a testimony of praise. It's giving a good word. He's about to say, "I'm about to give a good word. I'm going to tell on God." Isn't that great? Do you think so? David wrote this, right? Am I right with that? David yep. yeah. is the author, mm-hmm. or from what we know, do you think this particular psalm feels like David might be a little bit older? What do you guys think? It feels like because he understands his sin, he there just seems to be something in this that is more um, David at a humbled state as he's praising God, because perhaps the Lord has showed up in his life many times. I mean, I know that you know, well, actually, I don't know if this has a date on it on when in his life it was written, but it seems like a, a more mature season of David's life. Yeah, I mean, like, the the book of Psalms is broken out in, into a number of books, and when you get to um, chapter nine, 90, uh, Psalm 90, it goes into book four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now... One of the things, and like, you know, yesterday morning, I was just spending some time reading through my chronological study Bible, and there's different placing of Psalms where they're not as chronological, uh-huh. um, you know, but David, through his life, if you're to look at his life, he, he comes back to, to recount the ways that God has delivered him, you know, earlier in the... 50s and 60s, you have different psalms where, like, when he's with the Philistines and God delivers him from that. And, you know, Psalm, um, I think it's 55, uh, when he's talking about when Ahithophel betrays him, when he's like, you know, if it were if it were an enemy, it'd be one thing, but this is my brother who I led the throngs into the house of the Lord to worship. So, like, David speaks of that, of understanding what it is to experience deep betrayal Mm-hmm. As Ahithophel sides with his son, who's like trying to usurp the kingdom, 
And so, like, as you get later into the books, you can see, like, David has plenty um, to recount the various ways that God has healed his diseases, that's delivered him, that's mm-hmm. watched over him. So um, without an exact date in the journal, so to speak, I mean, I, w- I would attribute uh, this to later years. But Rosie, think about it. I mean, like, when we crack open our, our journals, like, you can go back, like, I could go back into journals um years or decades ago. And the beauty about scripture is that you can be reading it in that moment. And there's so many things that you can bless the Lord for. Mm-hmm. So, so a reminder to us, like we don't have to wait until no. later. Like if we stop for a moment and just tell on God, there's a lot of things that we can say, bless the Lord on my soul. Right. Oh, that's such a good word. Listener said, I've always been confused about how we can bless God and, it seems that if we're praising him and glorifying him, worshiping him, exalting him, we are in fact then blessing him with our, our worship and our, our heart. I like it. That's what I've learned today, right here. Yeah, and I think that's where I, right now, when I, when I pulled up this, this look, and again, um, this idea of eulogio, from which we get eulogy, this idea of... David basically giving the Lord a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually one of the the. Um, it's one of my favorite things that I loved about my mom, and uh, it was actually the 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 title of the message that I did at her home going, which was "Give me my flowers while I'm living." And, you know, the term that that comes from is so oftentimes it's not until people leave a place or that people pass away that people actually share the many good things that they thought about them, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, all of a sudden, like, you're getting ready, you're relocating to another place. And all of a sudden, people start telling the stuff about, here's how you impacted my life. These are the things that you did. And sometimes you're just like, really? I I did? And that was one of the things that I, I said in my message, a couple of things when, when I did my mom's um, home going, one that she actually asked me to do it. Mm. And one of the richest compliments I've ever had in my life that left me speeches, speechless was when my mom said, you're not just my son, David. She goes, you're my pastor. And oh. like I was just like, you know. But I thank my mom that, number one, you know, I wasn't, you know, you go to some funerals and you're like, is someone telling the truth in here? Mm-hmm. And I said, my mom lived in a manner that I didn't have to lie, mm. you know. But the thing that my mom was so sweet is that she would give you your flowers while you were living. Like mm. she would she would impart life into you. She would speak life into you. She, she would tell you what she was thinking. And, uh, you know, at her wake service, there were like several pastors— uh, a state bishop for the Church of God in Christ and other people who were there. And they said, you know, one thing about Mother Miles is that if she took you to the woodshed, you were thankful that she did after you were done because mm. you knew that she loved you enough to tell you the truth and that she really cared for your soul. But I guess, like, thinking about this whole thing about giving a good word and, like, David's telling on God the good things that he's done, this is a, this is a good moment right now to pause and I think for all of our listeners and for us, if we stop and think about it for a moment, there are people in our life that God's placed in our life who have been a blessing for us. Mm. And today would be a great day 
to send a text, make a phone call, send a note, and the like, and just say, give them, give them flowers while they're living. Mm-hmm. And also give flowers to God to say, you know what, God, man, this, this is the things that you've done. And I just, I want to pause for a moment. And I don't want to be one of the 10 lepers that you've healed multiple times. And I've run off to the next thing, but I want to be the one that comes back and says, thank you, Lord. Mm, that's such a good word. I like that. And then the word bless or praise, because it, it's used, praise the Lord in the NIV, which I memorized it in. Mm-hmm. And in other translations, it's bless the Lord. But the Hebrew word means to kneel. Mm. So mm. if we're kneeling, that is Im- implying that we are starting this to kneel in our worship. That just adds a whole nother level of complexity and beauty to it. It does. And, and humility to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And that's a lot of dead air for radio just now. <laughs> well, I'm drink- we're drinking well, it in because... Yeah. So should we read the first five verses? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have it up, Rosie? I do. So Psalm 103, that's where we are studying today. And this is the NIV version. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle's. Mm, So good. I think we'll take a break and come back. I've memorized Psalm 103. I know MGS has memorized it, but we'll take a break. Be right back. Start each week with a moment of reflection and prayer with the Faith Radio Prayer Devotional Email. Sign up today at MyFaithRadio.com. Back with the Monday afternoon mix, Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. We're looking at Psalm 103. That we all love Psalm 103. Everyone in mm-hmm. the studio loves loves it. And David, you did some really outstanding research during the break. I well, gave you only ninety seconds, and it was pretty amazing. <laughs> it was pretty admit, amazing. I, I got to admit, I'm in awe over well, on this side of the studio. You know, Bill was talking about how the word um, for bless the Lord also meant to kneel down, and so I looked up like with the word in its Barak. And it actually had a cross-reference to um, 2 Chronicles um, 6, uh, 13. And in this, it's Solomon's prayer of dedication. And it says, Then he knelt on his knees in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands towards heaven and said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth, keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with his with all their hearts, who have kept with your servant David my father, which you've declared to him, you spoke with your mouth, and with your hand have fulfilled it to this day. 
And then what's wild is that he goes on to say, Now therefore, O Lord God of Israel, keep for your servant David my father, which you've promised him, saying, You shall not lack a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel. And what did we just celebrate? Easter. Easter. And who is Jesus? The fulfillment of that promise to never lack a person who would sit on the throne. I think this is the biggest mic drop ever on this show. That is amazing. Yeah, I mean it it's it's fascinating and even even in 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 uh, Solomon's words when he talks about saying in verse 14 there's no god like you in heaven on earth keeping steadfast or keeping covenant and showing steadfast love that's that hesed love and one of the cross references earlier in verse 3 when it says who forgives all your iniquity and heals all your diseases the beautiful words of Psalm 34, even after Israel had just broken covenant. Like mm-hmm. This is one of the fascinating things about the book of Exodus. So in Exodus chapter um, 12 is the Passover. God delivers them. He gives them the Ten Commandments. And in verses in, in chapter 21, 22, the people say everything that the Lord has told you and commanded you, we will do that. Then you get to chapter 32 and they're bowing down to a golden calf. And when you when you think about it, you're thinking it's a long time. Guys, that's like six to seven weeks. Crazy. Like literally from Sinai to golden calf is like six to seven weeks. Wow. With a with a uh, pillar of fire in front of them, pillar right? Pillar of fire. Yeah. You know, drowning the, I mean, like taking Egypt's SEAL Team 6 and drowning them right. with a group of, you know, Hebrew slaves that came in like 70 and leave a mixed multitude of over a million and like taking them. I mean, like all and manna this re- coming down every day, right? Yeah. Yep. So all these things happen. And so even after, you know, they jack it up and verse uh, chapter 34, God tells Moses to go to the mountain. And then verse six says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Now, some people are like, dude, like he does to the third and fourth generation. Yeah, the reality of, you know, that saying you're chip off the old block, like that stuff works in our families and we see sometimes dysfunction happen to the third or fourth generation. But this is our inclination to focus on the third and fourth generation and forget what he said earlier that keeping steadfast love for thousands. Mm. I mean, like God's faithfulness. And so like in this Psalm, David's recounting God's amazing goodness. And then also Solomon and the dedication of the temple, the richest man ever, who's king. He ends up doing Barak. He kneels. Who was the last person that was going to kneel before anybody? The king. Mm. And here the wisest and richest man ever, at the dedication of the temple, he kneels before God and says, bless you, Lord. Mm. Like you've been, you've been good. So, so I, I think, you know, there's a lot to praise God and like praising him in the, the midst of things. And, and, and it's not when things are pretty. You know, I was just on the phone with someone um, 
because this week I had some scans for some weird blood clot things that had happened. Mm. And, uh, you know, and I only share that not for TMI, too much information, but to say like, like I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like God's got me either way as they're trying to determine like, is this a cyst? Is this some sort of tumor thing? Why do I bring this up? Because like sometimes we're inclined to think that we only need to praise God when everything is sunny. And no, like God is good all of the time. Mm-hmm. And that even our hard times, I like to say this, that adversity is the fertilizer to God's future harvest in your life. Like, and like Tammy right now, some of the stuff that we're seeing happen and things that are going on, we're like, we're making memories. You know, we're making mm-hmm. memories. We're making part of the testimony. And like, people need to hear that, that you don't need to wait to bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Mm-hmm. Like every day and every moment is an opportunity to bless the Lord because he's been so abundantly good to us. I think too, I know as you were saying that about uh, Tammy's health and as you go through whatever this is for you, Gary, when he was, this is another reason why Psalm 103 is so important to our family is this was the Psalm that we would say when Gary was sick and, you know, early on and when he was the sickest, he would say, either way, I win. Right. Either way, I win. And we could feel, and you don't know this, I, I think, often until you go through something differ, difficult, but the sufficiency of his grace in those moments, because I know in our flesh, we weren't capable of that, but just even being able to say, either way, I win, was a testimony to God in our midst, because mm-hmm. we weren't capable of saying that. But, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, not only could we say it, but we walked in it. And, and that is you know, him being in our midst in your times of difficulty. I mean, that is something to be thankful for because he doesn't abandon you Yeah, in those hardest, darkest moments. And and how this like gets kind of sandwiched in this, this passage where it's like, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, not just my, my suke, my soul, not just my body and forget not his benefits who forgives all your iniquities in our soul. And heals your diseases, body, who redeems your life from the pit. Like God does some stuff that transcends even our health and God who loves and cares about our health, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he, he goes even further than that. And so the ability to say like whether in life or death or let's say life in, you know, eternal life, like God's got us. You know, like he's truly got us. And I mean, like, and and that's a reason that we can actually say, bless the Lord. I mean, like, he's given us something that, you know, that was uh, Romans 8 say, neither height nor death, angels or demon, sword, nothing, like nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Like, nothing. And like, nothing, if that doesn't make sense, then we'll just say, no thing. Nothing or no thing. You pick it, you know. And it's like that is a reason um, that we can praise him and that he really he really has been faithful. I love the way Paul divvied that up and labeled all those. He could have just said, nothing will separate, separate you from the love of God. Just mm-hmm. left it at that. Yeah. But he went into detail, neither height nor depth, nor depth or angels nor other heavenly principalities or powers, neither the present or the future or the world above or world or below. Nothing in all of creation that will ever be able to separate you from the love of God. And in those dark times, I needed those stuff, those, the breakout of that. 
I agree. Mm-hmm. Because I think the enemy wants to speak into our lives all the time. Well, not now. You know, he's not going to stand by you now in this scenario, but Scripture tells us differently. I love that in verse 1, praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. That sounds like there's a love storm going on in your body. Mm. All my inmost being, everything. Yeah. And the important thing, because like right now in the hecticness and the busyness of life, those are the things that seek to keep us from actually having moments where we bless the Lord from our inmost being. Mm, I like that. You know, so so take a moment, you know, take take a, a sheet or something, well, take a blanket, go into a closet, go s- somewhere and just just get alone quietly with mm-hmm. him and um, and let him speak to you. I know there were people that needed to hear that today, David. Yeah. I so need true. to hear it. I need to be reminded. I agree. Martin Luther said, someone asked Martin Luther, why do you preach justification to your people every week? He says, because they leak. We leak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We forget. You wow. need to be reminded. Good deal. All right, David, thank you. Rosie, thank you. Mm-hmm. That wraps up uh, the Monday afternoon mix. We'll probably return to this topic because it's, it's awesome, Psalm 103. And we'll take a break. We come back. Rick Matson and John Afonso are going to come in. And we're going to discuss apologetics. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.